All right. Well, welcome to the uh, next episode, exciting episode, installment of the Joelle and Jonathan show. We we launched our first podcast. I wasn't sure what response was going to be. I mean, you had some high hopes for it. No, I, I didn't know that I had high hopes for it at all. Well, they were higher than mine. <laughs> you were hoping uh, I was, too. I, I knew mom and dad would like it for sure. They like everything we do. Yeah, but but then I got I heard some other reviews actually um, during the week. One one person that listened to it actually said, "Great." <laughs> and but then I, but okay. To be honest, it was actually like great. But that's the way Emily always responds when I make. Or if, if you take it out of context, it would have been a great failure. But if you just take the first word, that's they true. say great. That's true. That's the way news works today, right? You just take the first half of what people say. It's then, a soundbite. You have it's hey, it's not clickbait. You just have to read the article. You just have to read it. Cut off accidentally because yeah. there's a limit of characters. Well, when I when I made it the um, when I made it the the alarm for her morning setup, <laughs> I I, I, I snuck in to hear what she was going to say, and she goes. Great. Yes, we have three fans now. So. Well, and that that ups the listeners because that means we, you know, every time she wakes up, she's listening to it again and again. That that increases. Does that count numbers. on the the algorithm? We can probably get ads soon. Sweet. All right. <laughs> and I know exactly what my wife likes, so we could sell to her exactly. So <laughs> it's perfect. Except it's spending you guys money, so it doesn't really work out. But oh snap! All right. Amazing anyway, that's an, that would be an interesting topic about like how you divide up. Who gets to spend what money in a marriage? That would be an interesting, I think, topic for a podcast. I feel like that's like walking into a minefield. Isn't everything we talk about walking into a minefield? Hopefully not. Like today's topic is a minefield. It's a minefield. A uh, minefield. A minefield. Uh, <laughs> so we decided today we were going to talk about introversion versus extroversion. It's a popular topic. It's 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 going around Facebook. Nowadays. Super hot. You see these Myers Myers Briggs um, tests, like what your what your Myers Briggs personality says, and what what everybody wants you to know about your Myers Briggs and how you're annoying and stuff. But how great you are. Yeah. How, Which amazing Star Wars character you are. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What your Myers Briggs says about. So, just for if it's a new thing for you, Myers Briggs is this uh, sixteen personality types. It's based on the Jungian Carl Jung. If you see someone posting four random letters and yeah. then everyone like gushing about oh i'm that way too or oh of course you're that way it's myers-briggs yeah so the first letter divides whether out whether you're an introvert or an extrovert and i mean in the simplest terms introverts well let's say it this way extroverts love being around people and get energy from people introverts they love people too but they don't get their energy from that they yeah or quiet space there's um, a lot of uh misconceptions about that because i think a lot of people think introverts are like socially awkward or not right. outgoing but that's not really the case which we'll get into that i'm actually there's a book i read about this called uh quiet by suzanne suzanne kane it's actually sitting right in front of me the power of introverts in a would world you say it was good talking. it was a phenomenal book oh it wasn't quite good it quite it's quiet <laughs> good but it, the thing about it, I, it really made me realize I'm actually an introvert at heart. And what made this come out is recently when you you decided you're going to start working at that, um, what's that place you worked downtown? There's a place called Geekdom downtown San Antonio. Um, literally, it's just, it's basically a coffee shop that has faster Wi-Fi and you don't have to feel like your computer's going to get stolen if you go to the bathroom. Like, it's basically, it's called a co-working space. Which co-working, is a that's big, it. a big trend nowadays in self-employed entrepreneur type people. Yeah, just this, just this thing. So Jonathan's always invited me to come to this co-working space, 
And just the thought of it causes like the hairs on the back of my neck to stand up and I go, no, no, no. I mean, that's just, I can't, the thought of co-working space is it just everything that does not work for me is what comes to mind where there, you got distractions, you got people talking. It reminds me of some of the staff meetings we used to be in. My brother and I were on staff at this church together and my dad, he's an introvert. And so staff meetings, I really got how he did staff meetings. But then this new guy came on, this new pastor came on and he was an extrovert. And the, the way he did staff meetings was nuts because it was fantastic. You I thought it. it was fantastic. So <laughs> we knew what we were going to talk about. And when my dad was in a staff meeting, he'd give us this little, hey, we're going to talk about this, this, and this. We'd show up at these meetings and this guy would want to make major changes. Like, hey, what if we turn into a Calvinist reform church? Let's talk about it. And you're like, that's a major issue. I think like, your perception is coloring the, the narrative a little bit. Okay, so I'm exaggerating <laughs> slightly. But I just felt like we were making these major decisions and I didn't have any time to think about it. But Everybody's throwing around these crazy ideas, and I just sit there quietly. You loved it. I love it. I mean, I love being around people, and that's why I would say I'm an extrovert. It's it's not even that I love – like, I think a lot of people love being around people. Like, no one wants to be alone, right? But I uh, had the opportunity to direct a conference a couple of years ago for, like, a 1,000 people, and that was – my element like i i spent all day with these thousand people and then afterwards we had this after party thing and i'm like i'm going and i want to spend more time with people and then i couldn't even go to sleep that night because i was just so revved up from the social interaction and that's really why i needed to start working at that co-working space because i work from home and i get depressed so when my wife comes home from her (laughs) traditional job i'm ready to talk and i'm like hey what's up what's up what's up she's like she needs to cool down because she's an introvert so consequently I would feel unloved by her and then she would feel annoyed by me. And she's like, I think you need to start working with some people. So it, it's been, it's been actually phenomenal for our marriage. That's pretty deep. Yeah. So the introversion extroverted thing problem in marriage. Uh, so what's interesting with me is Emily's the extrovert. So we'll go, well, for example, on weekends, when I'm speaking at a church, she will come home wired up and I don't want to see anybody for the next 24 hours. And if I don't get a break afterwards, I'm not a fun person to be around. Um, it just drives me crazy. But she gets so energized. But we were at a wedding the other night. It was like 1130. And I'm looking around. And I'm thinking, I have no more energy to give. And she was just getting started, man. And in the car the whole way home, she's like, talk, talk, talk. Because she had so, it's where you get your energy. You got so much energy from that. That's what Suzanne Collins, no wait, Suzanne Suzanne Collins wrote the Hunger Games trilogy, I think. Not Suzanne. Now that would be interesting. If you put, <laughs> would it be an introvert or an extrovert who would win the Hunger Games? Uh, I don't know, man, because you're supposed to kill everyone, so I don't know. I would, I would not want to. I would not want to kill everyone. I'd want to be friends with everyone. Yeah, but an introvert would clearly win because they would. It's a loner's game, unless you make alliances. Yeah, well, I mean, introverts can make alliances. And yeah, but, that's true. And they, but also the other thing that I, I find this is a personal opinion: introverts are a little more introspective, so they're going to be a little bit more. Um, I'm going to call bullcrap on that one because I'm quite introspective. Really? I introspect like crazy. Tell me what was the last thing you're introspected about. Uh, And did you clean up afterwards? (laughs) Introspected all over. Uh, (laughs) I don't even know what we're referencing here. No, I mean, I I, I constantly will try to think about, okay, why why did I do that? Because I do stupid stuff. Yeah, but um, so, so strategizing, strategizing though, do you, you strategize better with a group, right? I mean, I strategize anytime. I'm a strategy master. Okay. 
But so that's what I'm saying. So going back to Hunger Games. Yes. If we were in the Hunger Games, you can't just go strategizing with your teammates because they'll kill you. Well, unless... They, eventually, they're going to have to kill you. Eventually, but the point is you strategize in the, in the, in the short term. So we're talking about long-term versus short-term strategization. Yeah, but see, then you're stabbing people in the back. Whereas if you just go it alone the whole time, you don't have to stab your friends in the back. Yeah, but I don't even That's know... That's the conundrum of an extrovert. The conundrum. You're going to eventually... See, but if you read The Hunger Games, you know that she came out where the two of them survived because they worked together. And that's that's the kind of result is, I would have experienced. Is that what happened in Not the movie? Not to spoil the movie or the book for anyone. Is that what happened in the movie, too? Yes. You see, I've, I've moved past reading. I just watched the movies. Just watched the movie. I've, I've, I've accomplished all reading, so I'm just done. Why are we talking about that? Oh, yeah. I said the wrong name. Yes, Susan. The yeah, I think it's Susan Collins. I probably want to check that out. The name of the book is actually Susan Kane. Susan, 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 not Suzanne. Suzanne Kane. Man, that went south. <laughs> Anyways, um, I, I was thinking about the uh, extrovert thing with, where you talk about these group workspaces. And, you know, they're proving consistently that group workspaces actually reduce productivity. Back in the 70s and 80s, that was the big deal where they... I went to a church one time and uh, the pastor had just like moved everybody in the central group. He's like, it's for synergistic thinking. And all the staff members are like, oh, kill me now. But it's actually showing that it's, it creates more distractions. Well, so here's my theory on that, though. Because the majority of people you hire in a corporation are the people who are the doers. They're the task-oriented the task people who want to knock out a to-do list. Whereas the CEOs are the ones who are maybe more vision-oriented and are not necessarily interested in knocking out tasks. And that's where you get in the shared working environment. When it comes to like a creative, actual creative thinking, I could see collaborative work environments getting more results. But when it comes to actually getting stuff done, like line item tasks, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, you're, you're going to naturally get distracted and not get stuff done. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about that, the creativity thing, because I'm, I keep going back to this book. But let me read you this list of names of people that were introverts. Okay. Not not saying that extroverts are creative and introverts are not. Oh, I thought that's what you're no, saying. No, 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 no. Okay. Not saying that at all. I'm saying, though, for, for whenever you're talking about collaborative, creative thought, you're going to get more from a co-working environment. Right. And I guess I would question, well, that's just get me in trouble to say, I would question the value of collaborative thought on a lot of things. Group think. No, so, that's a valid question. Let me read you these guys. Sir Isaac Newton. I, I, don't, I don't know how she proves he's an introvert. I guess he's sitting around under apple trees and. Well, he invented the Myers Briggs. Oh, that's right. What? <laughs> that was young. Not even young invented it. It was Myers Briggs. It was the Myers Briggs. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of like what what uh, what key is Canon and D in? Here's one. Albert Einstein, introvert. Albert Einstein. Yeah. W. B. Yeats. No clue who that is. Um, wasn't he a poet? No, he was the Warner Brothers guy. Oh, that's right. Warner Brothers Yates, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Frederick Chopin, that piano player. Yeah. Uh, Marcel Prost, uh, he's, I think he was a writer. J.M. Barry, you know who that is, right? J.M. Barry's the Peter Pan guy. Peter Pan. Yeah. Well, Peter Pan was uh, a very famous extrovert, though, because yeah. he hung out with the Lost Boys. Maybe that was the, uh, the side of J.M. Barry that he wished he would have been. You know, they, they there was actually, it wasn't didn't make it in the books, but there was a common thing that would happen because Peter always wanted to be around other people and they dubbed a term called Peter Pandemonium. Dude, that sounds chaotic. <laughs> uh, 
George Orwell. Just moving along. So. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, Theodore Geisel. You know who that is? Geisel? Well, George, 1985 was a very um, introverted book. Was, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I got nothing for that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Theodore Geisel. That's Dr. Seuss. Charles Schultz. Peanuts guy. Peanuts. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Um, and J.K. Ro- now, here's your terms. J.K. Rowling here. She's an introvert. Do love some J.K. Rowling. Rowling. Yeah. Rowling. Rowling. Is it Rowling? Rowling? I don't know. There's this rap song that um, it has this great line that I just love. It just says, it says, tell J.K. that I'm still rolling. And I don't know why I love that so much, but every time I think of her now, I think of that song. I'm sure she loves that. <laughs> if she's heard it. Uh, so I was thinking, too, um, on this introvert, introvert, extrovert thing, um, the idea that with opposites as opposites attract uh, I was talking to this couple the other day and they're both introverts and I thought man that's rough because well for example okay this is going to sound weird but like my best friend in um, high school he's still a good friend of mine Wes Peterson you know him Mm -hmm. Um, he's an extrovert yeah and so I always admired how good he was at parties and I just figured out he's so good at parties so good at parties (laughs) people love him but I didn't, I always feel awkward at parties, but I would watch him and I learned what you need to do at parties to be social and stuff. But what's interesting is for years, I thought something was wrong with me. Literally just up until a few months ago, something was wrong with me because that's, I didn't enjoy parties. I'd still say that's up for debate. <laughs> I felt like something was wrong with me. But the, in, anyways, and I realized recently at this thing, I said, you know, I have to recognize that probably 50% of the people in the room, because they say, statistics say, you know, 50, well, 14 to 50% of people. That's 14 to 50%, broad, right? yeah. Either between zero and half of the people are introverts. Totally accurate statistics. So people are awkward. But I always feel awkward in parties, and I would walk away from conversations sometimes, and he'd be like, dude, that's rude. But it, I was, the conversation's done. But he was really good, but he's extroverted, so he gets energy from that. And what I started to realize is I felt like something was wrong with me because I didn't get energy from that. And it, the reality is we live in a very extroverted society. But what's interesting is when two people, so I mean, even as friends, we were opposites to track, but Emily and I are the same way. I'm introverted. Mm-hmm. She's extroverted. Now, people confuse me for an extrovert all the time because I stand up and speak in front of people. Because you're like socially well-adjusted. I'm fairly socially well-adjusted. I'd for say. a homeschooler. <laughs> and when I, so, but, but, but I've learned that. But it does not give me energy at yeah. all. It exhausts me. Well, actually, I heard a statistic that the majority of uh, professors, teachers, people who tend to be in front of people are introverts. Mm-hmm. Because I guess that's typically they want to be more by themselves to then study the information so they actually have something to say in front of people. Well, there's so many comedians that are that way. They're introverts. That's uh, true. I, th- I think I... Again, since this show is about conjecture, I can say whatever. You but can say whatever. I think Jerry Seinfeld's an introvert, actually. I would be willing to say with a 50% um, confidence <laughs> level that he is an introvert. But you figure introverts are going to be more quiet. I always think they think more than extroverts. Um, I'm John, sorry, I wasn't listening. What, what did you say? A, he's making a scowling <laughs> face at me. But you figure if you're going to say something deep and profound, you have to have thought about it a little bit. Not necessarily. I say profound stuff all the time. I just don't remember it. <laughs> people, people, <laughs> that I don't know if that's an introversion or extroversion uh, thing, but I, I, people will constantly come back to me and say, hey, remember when you said this? 
And I have no idea. It, like, it doesn't even sound like something that would come out of my mouth. But I'm like, they really remember it. And they can prove to me that I said it. But I have no recollection of it. Hmm. I think that's just just because I'm a bullcrap artist a little bit. <laughs> so I, I was doing a little research on introverts versus extroverts and the way they think. And I I did some really in-depth stuff. I Googled it. You Googled Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And this is what one. This is actually from Psychology Today. One of the articles said the front part of an introvert's brain are the most active, and stimulated by solitary activities, while the back part of the extrovert's brains are the most active. Now, if you remember, the front part of the brain—that's the prefrontal cortex—that's the part for very rational thinking. Yeah. But the back part—that's just the cortex. That's like primal behavior. Mm-hmm. That could point to some things right there uh, about maybe who's better, smarter. More, more good looking. intelligent, good looking. Then it also <laughs> says this part of the brain is stimulated by sensory events coming in from external world. Okay, so that's why extroverts they get more energy from the stimulation of the external world. Again, the more primal thing. Uh, in addition, a chemical called dopamine is released by our brains whenever we experience something positive. It's an automatic reward center and makes us feel good. Extroverts need more dopamine to feel an effect, whereas introverts have a low dopamine threshold. Pretty dope, huh? Man, you're losing me so much with this. <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because so extroverts, they love stimulation. Which So an extrovert would love, love the world we live in where they're just totally just full on. I mean, you're that way too. You, you can I do. process, I mean, supposedly, you're processing 10, 12 things at a time where I get overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really love um, bright colors, noises, faces, people. I love all that stuff. Hmm. I think it's funny that you uh, you quoted psychology today, and you and you quoted that. Uh, so I, this is a thing that I, I constantly do with my wife is I'll I'll, fit out, I'll spit out some sort of like scientific fact that I know I heard somewhere. If we're going back to the bullcrap artist, and she was like, "Okay, where did you read that?" And I never remember where I read that. So I'll usually just make up, "Oh, in Science Journal, uh, issue five, volume three. And that's like a running joke is that I always just make up this. I don't think science journal is a thing, but I like, it's pretty funny. You can just say like in psychology journal, which is probably not a thing, but uh, people will still believe you because no one checks the facts. Psychology today is a real thing. It's, it, it is. It's, it's crowdsourced by experts across the field. Well, you're talking about Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia is crowdsourced. Psychology today hopefully is not. Yeah, you would hope. So, anyways, this is an interesting thing that that Myers Briggs, the first element, introversion but extroversion, it's it makes a huge difference. The first time I learned about introversion and extroversion was actually from your father-in-law. Yes, he he's, was, a, he's a genius on that stuff. Yeah, he was my college pastor maybe t- ten years, no, like 12, 13 years ago. Like also, long, an extreme ago. extrovert. Extreme extrovert, and every year he would take his team through Myers Briggs, um, through through the the process of it. So I didn't even know that, like I didn't even know what introversion extroversion was. And uh, I, I found it fascinating. Really, all four, you know, I guess, categories of the Myers-Briggs are pretty fascinating. And I've gone through it so many times that I can actually usually pick out some what someone is on Myers-Briggs just by talking to them yeah. uh, pretty quickly. Because it's, it's pretty cool how you can classify people and put them into little pigeonholes and, and uh, then just kind of dismiss them because you know exactly who they are. And, it and is very very important to put people in boxes. I love being able to quickly dismiss people yeah. uh, because of their personality type. Oh, they're an ESTJ. Yeah, of course you'd say that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course they'd say that. It's brilliant. It's wonderful to be able to label people. I think labels are are, are underappreciated in our society. <laughs> 
We're joking right now. <laughs> I think there are, there are not enough snap judgments and stereotypes out there. We're going to have to <laughs> qualify some of this because there are some people, ESTJs, who take everything <laughs> literally. And if you take it super literally, you got to understand we're joking. This is nuanced NT humor. It's a... NT, because we're both, I'm an ENTP and you are an INTJ. Yeah, and I would like to think NT humor is slightly higher than the average rest of the world. I'd like to think that. I'd like to think that as well. Yeah, It's probably, I mean, I'm going to Google it on psychology today. (laughs) I bet if you Google it, you'll probably find a legitimate Why are INTJs smarter than everyone else? (laughs) It's not confirmation (laughs) bias at all. (laughs) Well, that's that's an interesting topic. We're talking about humor, about what makes us think we're so funny maybe that'd be a great topic for next next week the, hey i like that uh you remember when i well we'll say it for later but remember that time i tried to learn humor i don't i i don't i, I was determined to, you were wanting to be a stand-up comedian i want to be a stand-up comedian yeah i think we should definitely talk about that yeah. next week we could also talk about failure if, if we want <laughs> well that'll be a natural segue <laughs>